Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm your guest bailiff, Monty Belmonte from WRSI 93.9 The River in Northampton, Massachusetts, in for Jesse Thorne. This week, daily security beefing. Jake brings the case against his girlfriend, Janie. After a series of robberies in their neighborhood, they decided to take action to make their home more safe. Janie says closing the blinds and curtains every time they leave will deter theft. Jake says it won't make a difference and makes the house dark and drab. Who's right? Who's wrong? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. Do you often find yourself arriving late to social gatherings or appointments? Are the first words out of your mouth when you finally show up, sorry I'm late? Are you convinced you give yourself enough time to get where you're going, but somehow you're still late? Do factors seemingly outside your control prevent you from being on time? Do you tend to lose track of the time? Do you ask the same question over and over again? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then this podcast is for you. Guest bailiff Monty Belmonte, swear them in. Jake and Janie, please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you Jane Curtin or Don Draper or whomever? We do. (laughs) Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that the judge, like Joni Mitchell, was raised on robbery? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you. Judge Hodgman, you may proceed. Jake and Janie, you may be seated for an immediate summary judgment in one of yours favors. I know you cannot possibly name. The booklet I hold in my hand that I read from (laughs) that has nothing to do with your case and has everything to do with A, where I am, and B, the fact that I'm late, it turns out. It sounds like a self-help book. It is a a self-help book. I'm not sure. Booklet. It is a booklet. Um, Yes. Okay. Can I I read you just a little bit more of chapter one? Maybe this will jog your memory. Chapter one. (laughs) You have to know what time it is. You probably can't believe I just wrote that sentence. But experience has shown that this simple concept is often the crux of the problem. Don't laugh. If you don't know what time it is, how can you be punctual? For now, ask yourself the following questions. Can you see a clock if you are in your bathroom, your kitchen, your dining area, your main living space, your car? Now, does that ring a bell? Oh, man. Oh, God. I give up. I don't know. I I don't know. (laughs) I'll read you the last sentence from the book. <laughs> God, okay. okay. Yeah, this, this might do maybe, it for maybe me. This is going to do it. I feel it. When you do arrive, remember, you have inconvenienced other people, so offer a sincere <laughs> apology. No, all right. Look, I offer you both, Jake and Janie, a sincere apology, because there's no way you could know this, because it is a booklet that is sitting here in the studios of WRSI The River in Northampton, Massachusetts, where Monty Belmonte hosts the morning radio program. It is called How Not to Be Late by Steve Harrell. Now, the <laughs> okay. fact that Monty is guest bailiffing means <laughs> as soon as summer hits, uh, I, I escape to, uh, to the internetless hills of New England. It used to be Massachusetts, but then we got internet there. And now you have to flee the Internet and go even further away. I'm on my way up to Maine where they they literally ran out of Internet. They told me they couldn't give me any because they ran out. They had one of those burners that was by the minute. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Their whole internet system is ba- is based is based off of one iPhone 5C that's a hotspot for the entire Blue Hill Peninsula. <laughs> that guy had to go to the bathroom, so nobody knew where we went. And what that means is that I'm not doing this from my office with Jesse Thorne down in Brooklyn where it's professional. I'm doing it having driven hundreds of miles and screeched into the parking lot late as usual to jump in here and to initially do two podcasts. But now I only have time for one and and you're the one. This book delights me because I did have something picked out for you and maybe we'll talk about that. But this is written, you guys, by Steve Harrell who is the founder of, uh, in, in, in Boston, where I grew up, Steve's Ice Cream was the, the, the what would you say, the vanguard yeah. of gourmet ice cream. The inspiration to Ben and Jerry. They've admitted that it was Steve's uh, kind of mix-in philosophy that was part of the inspiration to Ben and Jerry. Yeah, in the 1980s, oh, wow. Steve Harrell dropped a vanilla and chocolate bomb on the Boston area and all of New England. And it started gourmet ice cream. And it tasted real good because there was less air in it. That's more dense. That's why that more, ice cream tastes more like gelato. Yeah. And then uh, and then he stole, he stole he stole he stole he didn't steal anything. He sold that <laughs> that franchise Steve's, which is now out of business. Right. And he moved out here to the Pioneer Valley of Massachusetts where WRSI the river and Monte Belmonte are located. And in, in Thorne's Marketplace, uh, the, the crazy old mall with the creaky floors they have here, he opened up Harold's, his new ice cream place, which is now 30 years old or whatever. Yeah. And he's really retiring good. from there, working his way out and writing $2.95 pamphlets on how to uh, not be late to and things. And apparently he was just in the radio station. <laughs> yes, he came by earlier today and to plug his pamphlet. Yeah, if I hadn't been so late, I might have seen him. A banana split at Harold's, I believe, costs more than his pamphlet does. How not to be late. Wow. It's illustrated. And it costs two ninety five. It's got an ISBN number, so you know you can get it. This is gonna it, sales of the pamphlet are gonna skyrocket now, thanks mind, to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I don't mind buzz marketing this because I've been and it's illustrated. illustrated yes. He did he did not illustrate it though. It was a Smith College okay. student that illustrated it. Johanna Renard, who was who was a server at Harold's. He's actually had <laughs> seven hundred employees over the course of the the years at that store, and a lot of them were late for a lot of different reasons. So he he was trying to make a manifesto for his employees, and he thought, hey, maybe other people would find this helpful. And it could not be a more perfect wow. opening to to this to this podcast because once yeah. again, yeah. Uh, as as last summer when I was driving down from Maine with the fresh bananas, the fresh banana man, jo- Jonathan, up at the uh, I ninety. Five southbound Kennebunk Service Plaza. I may see him. I don't know if he works northbound. I don't know whether I'm going to see him at the beginning of the summer or not. Mm. But we've been in touch. We're going to talk. But this time, once again, driving and got delayed, screeched into the parking lot of WRSI, <laughs> flew through the window, through the, through the window of my cargo van, did a somersault roll into the studio, jumped, in, jumped into the cans and the mic. And just started talking. How not to be late? Here it is. You should take that with you on your <laughs> rest of your New England journeys. No, I want to. I'm going to buy my own copy. Okay. All right. Jake and Janie, I was going to ask. I was going to give you a quote from a movie from 1978. I'm not going to. I'm not going to give you any credit other than epic bragging rights for knowing <laughs> it. Okay. Um. The the movie though was from 1978. You should be able to deduce this. And it was shot at the Monroeville Mall, almost entirely at the Monroeville Mall. You know what it is, right, Jake? 
Uh, I hope. I think. I so. think he yeah. does. Go for it, Jay. Um, Come on, Dawn of the Dead. That's right, Dawn of the Dead. Okay. Awesome. That's an easy one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why I went with uh, Steve Harrell. Too bad for you, yeah. Jay. But good. good. <laughs> we, have, we have three three things, three claims to fame in Pittsburgh, and that's that's one of them. Right. Yeah. That's why you get EBR, epic bragging rights. Yeah. Okay. As opposed to PBR. Okay. Right. Right. Oh. Uh, and you are in Pittsburgh, a place riddled yes. indeed with crime and zombies. Yeah. That's accurate so far. Also a wonderful city. Beautiful. Uh, home to the Rex Theater, where I performed mm-hmm. last fall. First time I'd ever been to Pittsburgh. Loved it. Hometown of Jeff Goldblum Ooh. and Gillian Jacobs from Community. Nice. Oh, among, I didn't know that. Among many others. I knew that. Who else is? All right, then, Jake, since you're the expert, who else is from Pittsburgh? Andy Warhol. Yeah. Fred Rogers. <laughs> um, Fred Rogers. What famous movie star, comedic movie star, was a production assistant on Mr. Rogers? Presumably, I guess, because he was also from Pittsburgh. I do not know that one, Jake. Do you know, uh, it? Do you know it, Monty? I don't, I don't know this one. Legendary comedic actor. Doesn't work so much anymore. Not Bill Murray. Chevy no. Chase? No. no. Are you ready? I'm ready. Down. People all across this land, Mr. Rogers aficionados and aficionadas all across this land are yelling it into their podcast <laughs> devices right now. Michael I'm Keaton. I'm okay with that. Michael, Michael Keaton worked on Mr. Rogers. Wow, oh. I didn't know that. One of the behind the scenes, one of his first jobs. I love Janie him. Janie has a crush on Michael Keaton. Oh my I'm god! I didn't even realize. <laughs> Janie, you should get straight and develop a crush on Mr. Rogers because that guy's the boss. I know. I love him too. That, but... He is. Well, I love Pittsburgh, but but you live there. <laughs> There's a big difference between love and live. <laughs> yeah. When it comes to American cities, particularly uh, American cities whose industry has uh, has has uh, declined, is that fair to say? You're still rolling some steel there, right? But uh, we're not so I've, much I've known for it. that anymore, right. really. Yeah, and it's, I, uh, I've heard that it's going on. I don't yeah. know where. I don't see smoke, you know, billowing into yeah. the sky anywhere. But Look. it's an up and coming city for for a lot of various other things, but not so much steel. Right, but anymore. like a lot of American cities in in, in the in the that had relied on manufacturing and industry, it has had to remake itself. And I dare say, yes. remake itself, it has. I had the greatest time there. Pittsburghians were terrific. They put French fries on their sandwiches. Mm. <laughs> yes, indeed they do. And uh, and um, there's a lot of arts there. Oh, it's a very li- it's a the world's most livable city or something, right? Yeah, Isn't that what magazines yes. say. The United, the most livable city in the United States, affordable, good housing stock, I, decent mm-hmm. people. A lot of artists and writers go there. A lot mm-hmm. of artists and writers escape. What do you? How old are you guys, and what do you do there? I'm uh, 27, and I'm a communications and technical writer at Carnegie Mellon University. All right. Mm-hmm. And Jake, how old are you? I'm 27. Right. Um, and I'm a uh, a marketing and support person for a website. Okay. And uh, and you guys are in a romantic relationship, but are not married. Exactly. Yeah, more or less. Yes. What's the less part? The romance, less romance, <laughs> or you well, are partially of married. This issue, yes. Well, <laughs> oh, way to way to move it along, Janie. I guess we'll talk about the issue. Now. 
Nice segue. You like my segue? Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Technical writing. That's what she does. Yeah, she she takes the fluff out. So, yes, I do. All right. Jake, you submitted you submitted this dispute. Why don't you explain why you're right and Janie's wrong? Um, well, I, I'm right because, okay. You live in a dangerous um, neighborhood. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. Rogues and blackguards yeah. walking the streets. We live, we live in a very nice neighborhood in Pittsburgh. Right. Uh, it's it's like any neighborhood in any city. You have people, and people are different depending on the per- person. It's an individual thing. Listen to this guy um, try to be tap dance around. <laughs> <laughs> have but, you? Uh, the, the issue is, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this for you, Jake, because all, okay. <laughs> all bragging rights, epic and otherwise, have now been rescinded. Uh, I, I oh God! You guys live together in some sort of apartment in a romantic relationship, even though. Pittsburgh is affordable enough and you're both professionals that you could, you could, you could keep your own homes. That's okay. You <laughs> okay. want to, you want, you want all the fun and romance of sharing bills. Good for you. That's fun, I guess. <laughs> and bathrooms. Right. Bills and, ba- <laughs> bills and bathrooms. The best part of marriage. Yeah. 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 Sure. Right. And, uh, and uh, so there were some break-ins on the street. Was there a break-in in your home? Jake? No. No. Your, your home has never not. been broken into. There were, there were break-ins um, only a, a few streets away, very mm-hmm. close, mm-hmm. Um, and we, we rent a house. Uh, it's sort of a row house, mm-hmm. so it's split into three, mm-hmm. and uh, we have – since we rent, there's not a lot of attention to detail as far as windows and just the overall security of the outside. So um, we realized that the, these break-ins, uh, these people were actually just – Simply going through ground floor windows of homes, mm-hmm. just opening them, opening them up. Yeah, and yeah. they were doing it and sometimes while through. people were asleep. And um, yeah, there was one when they yeah. were asleep at about two in the morning. They actually entered a house while people were sleeping, and uh, I think it happened two times. The first time uh, they got scared off and ran away, and the second time a man actually uh, had a gun, and I think there was a fight. So. Uh, it was pretty serious. They snuck into the same house two times while the same family was sleeping. Two two separate houses, two families. Oh, it was two uh, di- separate just houses. different outcomes. All right. Yeah. And there was a guy, who, and and the homeowner had a gun, and there was a fight. Was anyone killed I or believe. hurt? No, I don't think the gun went off. I think there was a scuffle, and that that was as as intense as it got. Uh, there's no such thing as a gun scuffle. Unless you're hitting yeah. him on the end well, with the I butt. I think he got hit by the gun. So I, there, I think on occasion are gun scuffles. He threw the gun at him. Yeah. <laughs> a pistol. <laughs> he made, Honestly. Oh, all right. He and where are you getting? Where, where are you getting the information? Um, From his head. <laughs> no, you mean about the break-in? Yeah, the whole, yeah, all the whole thing. It was. It was in the uh, the news. We also at the time belonged to a, a social network uh-huh. that. Uh, was broken up by neighborhood. So we belonged to our, our neighborhood social network and there was a lot of insider news and a lot of police officers live in this neighborhood. So I think there is uh, more information than was even in the news article. So they're breaking into homes in the, in the cop neighborhood. I, I mean, when he says there are a lot, I, I, would, I wouldn't say a lot. I don't think that constitutes a lot. I think there are several retired cops around okay. here. Yes. Is Jake prone to these kinds of exaggerations? Yes, <laughs> without a doubt. Janie, what is the neighborhood you live in in Pittsburgh called? Like, well, Fishtown? Morningside. Morningside. <laughs> yes, Morningside. Is there it's a Fishtown? Right <laughs> is there a what? Is there a Fishtown? 
Uh, okay, so you live in uh, Fishtown, also known as Morningside. And what's your yeah, exact that's right. what's your exact street address? <laughs> um, one two three four Fake Street. Oh, come on, guys! <laughs> I'm trying to set up a neighborhood watch for you. I'm trying to set up a perimeter of Blue Blaze oh. regulars. Listeners to this podcast are going to go create a cordon around your house, solve your problem. <laughs> oh, wow. I really highly doubt that. I think they're going to rob us now. <laughs> All right. So when you heard about all these robberies, Jake, what'd you do? Well, I, I texted my father. I think that was one of the first things I did and dear, asked him dear how I could did you say dear, how I could get a gun. Did you say, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> that took a hard right turn. Yeah, okay. it escalated very quickly. <laughs> all um, right. You asked your dad, where, we, where, where are you from the Pittsburgh area? More or less. Uh-huh. Um, I'm from up, up. In northern Pennsylvania. All right. Gun, yeah, gun, just gun sort culture. of small town Pennsylvania. Okay. Your dad your dad owns guns? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He All he right. has a gun cabinet. All right. And you grew up shooting with your dad? Yeah, not not a whole lot. Uh-huh. I think he, he wanted me to, and I, I being you know, being someone that listens to podcasts as a kid, I, I knew that wasn't my thing. <laughs> you didn't listen to podcasts as a kid. I'm, I'm talking retrospectively oh, right, okay. as a kid who grew up into a, an adult right. who listens and to then one day, And then one day, one day you heard about some robberies in your neighborhood. And instead of locking your windows, you immediately text your dad saying, I got to get a gun. <laughs> yeah. Our windows don't lock. Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Good. Well, they have locks. There's no way that broke. can be changed. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Nope. So yeah. did your dad get you a gun? Um. Yeah. Eventually it, it took some uh talking mm-hmm. but uh one time I, I went to visit him and he he proudly gifted me a shotgun that he was given by his father as a boy and it's literally the smallest shotgun i've ever seen i don't know anything about shotgun sizes so is it like is it like i don't a, either is it like miniature for like shooting shetland ponies like those bad shetland ponies <laughs> we talked about the other or, time? or donks especially ill-mannered ones yeah what is the um, gauge? It, of, what is the gauge of the shotgun? Well, I tell you, Monty, if Northampton, Massachusetts, it, knew we were so having I, a conversation I about guns it right a, now, uh, you don't. You don't know the gauge of this. I kept calling it a twenty-two gun? shotgun, and he, right. he corrected me. And what did he say? Was and, it correct? Uh, it's a, it's a twenty gauge. So that 20. shows how little I know. That's good. About shotgun, well, it's a good thing you is. own one then. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know that it has a trigger and there's a barrel. Uh, mm-hmm. Interesting. So how long was it between the time you texted dad and the, the time you got the gun? A week, two weeks, was, a month? Roughly. It was, a, it was about a month and a half. A month and a half? What's the, ball, what's the ballpark there in, uh, in Pittsburgh? Where, the, where do the Pirates play? Is it PNC Park? PNC Park. Right. So PNC yes. Park it for me. About a month and a half? Two months? A month and a half. A month and a half. And how many yeah. times were you robbed and pillaged before you finally... Got that essential home protection. <laughs> Zero times. Zero times. Sorry, Janie. Yeah. How do you feel about uh, uh, Jake's uh, approach to home security? Uh, I definitely was hesitant, and I wasn't for it initially. But now it mostly just collects dust in a corner, so I guess I'm okay with it because it's just an overgrown paperweight at this point. It's good that you're storing it properly. Yes, it is being stored properly. The shells are in an, someplace else. And sure. uh, 
you know, he's in a shoebox in the like front a, yard, a right? Sleep machine. Uh-huh. <laughs> he sleeps with a sleep machine, and uh, he doesn't hear most of what's going on at night. So I fear that I will be dead, and he'll wake up in the morning and just find my rotting corpse <laughs> coming <laughs> if, coming if back to life to to, to 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 eat his brains. Yes, yeah. I will. I will haunt him too. So somehow. your your approach, and this is why Jake brings you to court today, Janie. Yeah. Is it your approach to home security? The windows don't lock. Is that correct? I, I mean, they. Some of them do. Some of them don't. And then some of them, we've bought these plastic, and I don't know how easily um, open they are now with these plastic things. They're they're kind of like slats that go into place, so that if you open the window, it doesn't get very far because it jams. A shim. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I went to a hardware store once. Those things come in handy. <laughs> yeah, they do. You also what you do is you bring them with you when you go to restaurants. For the table when the it's table wobbly. When it's wobbly. Yep. Get a, or get a coaster. A regular coaster from the table. I just wad up napkins. I guess mine's not very environmentally friendly. Here comes here comes the t-shirt of the week. It's it's not as good as a shim. <laughs> and the real shims, as opposed it. to making your own shims, are even better because they're tapered. Yeah. You can wedge them in there, crack yeah. them where you need them. You can buy you can buy <laughs> you can buy uh, uh, a, a bunch of silicone, not silicone, hard plastic shims. A thousand of them for a cent. Oh, I get the some, I get the wood shims. You put fine. I under, I I forgot we're in Northampton. Sorry, recyclable, <laughs> reusable materials. Put them, <laughs> put them in the windows to keep burglars from coming in. Keep the things from wobbling. I always have a pocket full of shims. All right. So you put some shims in the windows, and then your other approach to home security is to close the blinds. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it my approach to security per se, but it's something that's um, I'm hoping a deterrent. And how? And this is why Jake is specifically bringing you to court because he thinks yes. closing the blinds is dumb. Jake, explain <laughs> to your cohabitant why she's dumb. <laughs> well, uh, she's going to refute this, but uh, the low light conditions that, that this habit causes, I think, probably is detrimental to our plants. Uh, we're definitely plant people. We have many plants in our home. And, you know, we, we would be closing the curtains Jake, while we're at work. name about, five plants you have in your house. Go. I know this because she actually wrote them down. <laughs> oh, no, he's looking at the evidence. Uh, well, our uh, our primary plant is a golden pothos, a snake plant, uh-huh. a ZZ plant. And a ZZ Ansari? You need to name two more. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and a ZZ Ansari. And that's all she listed, so I'm going to pretend that's all we have. Would it, be reason- <laughs> would it be reasonable to say that your concern for the plants is not your primary motivator and is indeed bogus, sir? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Why are, why do you care? Um, Why do you care if she, if she closes the blinds before you guys, is it before you guys go out or before you guys go to bed? Uh, it would be both. Janie, why do you do it? I do it because I don't, um, necessarily think that we have to be the safest house on the block. I just think that we need to make it less, uh, less, um, you know, easy for somebody to kind of see what's in our house so that they can, um, actually come in. And I I think it'd be more of a gamble. You want to hide the fact that you have, that you have a gun in the corner. 
Yes. Yeah. And, you went and from the being, you went from being a mo- <laughs> a, a moderately unsafe house to the unsafest house on the block. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That sounds true. You have a gun. <laughs> you have a gun in the corner that you do not know even what kind of gun it is. I'm not in charge of that gun, to be fair. So he's the one that has to deal with. Yeah, that but gun. you live. But you live there. It doesn't. It, anyone who comes into that house could be in charge of that gun. Yeah. Well, it's by him, and he's kind of like sleeps next to it. So I'm hoping that before that point, he would wake up and and actually man the gun himself. While you were just saying all of this stuff, <laughs> tell me if I'm tell them if I'm lying, Monty. I snuck to Pittsburgh and stole your gun. He has it right. <laughs> Here. It's still got the dust well, on it. Who's got the gun now? That would be true. Because <laughs> I would have heard you because we do have some alarms we installed. Oh, so you you installed some alarms. When were you going to get around to this pertinent information? <laughs> okay. Well, we installed uh, vibration alarms and this beam connection alarm. And what those do is uh, the vibration, if the glass is tapped relatively hard or broken, it will emit a high-pitched sound. Mm-hmm. And same thing for the beam brake alarms. What those do is um, there's a beam connection, like a laser. An electric, and an if a door eye. is opened or the connection is broken, yeah. um, it will also emit a high-pitched alarm. So it's not something that it's going to automatically call 911 or uh, really do much except alert us to the fact and hopefully scare whatever is trying to come in. Right. And, and these are some – so you didn't call a big security company to have them – install something that is hardwired to their offices. <laughs> no. We can't no. because this we rent. This is the solution. Yes, it's cheap and we rent. So I, I think there are uh, policies I, against that kind of thing. Oh, it'd be interesting. I don't know. Have you looked into it? Yes, we've read our um, our lease. And it, it's, <laughs> it's because when maintenance comes in, they don't want to have to trip that and have police get sent, that kind of thing. So you're not allowed to to have one of those alarm companies come in and install a proper home alarm system. According to our lease, that would be um, against what they would like us to do. So yes, that's not. Huh. Have you contacted your landlord to say these windows aren't secure? You need to come in and fix them. We've contacted them about a multitude of things, including like a broken doorbell and a couple other things, but they're kind of lax about it. Um, and we've heard from our neighbors that they've been lax about a few things. So we've kind of taken the measures into our own hands. Is this, an, is this a, a, a person who owns the property that you deal with directly or is there a management company? There's a management company, but it's relatively small. It's only about one or two neighborhoods that they allow to rent. I'm going to introduce a new policy on Judge John Hodgman. As oh, you gosh. know, buzz marketing is not allowed, but I encourage buzz shaming. <laughs> What's the name of this junkie oh, no. management company? I don't think I want to say. They're going to increase our rent or kick us Why out are you afraid of reprisals? You've got a gun you don't know how to use. <laughs> I'm not the one who decided to get the gun. <laughs> Jake. Jake. No. Um, you're quick on the trigger. Well, you you clearly yeah. make a lot of ill-thought-out decisions. Are you going to name this? <laughs> are you going to name no, this company say. or what? Forbes, Forbes management. Yes. Look, I'm terrified. (laughs) If you're terrified, you should move. (laughs) No. If you're terrified, I like my house. (laughs) Right, but you're living in fear. 
And no, I'm not living in fear. I'm living in fear now of like a redemption from our, our they're, landlord they're company. Gonna break in. <laughs> they're they're going to kick us out on grounds. There are no, that, I don't the know judge has a, a light arms. moving van with him right now. He will pick up all of your stuff and help you move if, already, if it comes okay, to that. I already okay. got your gun. He got the I'm gun counting already. on that. I'm going to be homeless if you don't. No, in the most livable city in the United States, the reason it's most livable is it ain't Paris. You can afford to live in a, in a place there. You're both employed. You both yeah. deserve to live in a place where your management company is responsive to your reasonable security concerns and other stuff. And if they can't provide that for you, you should be able to get, uh, if you're going to invest in an alarm system, which is only going to increase the value of that apartment, the rentability of that apartment. Right. That's uh, true. What a bunch of creeps. <laughs> that's me saying that, Forbes. Not Janie. <laughs> not Jake. If I hear of yeah. any reprisals, <laughs> I am going to do another strongly worded podcast. So watch out. <laughs> Jake. Why do you, why are you so bothered by Janie just pulling down the window shades? You can do obviously whatever you want that has absolutely no effect upon home security and indeed has a detrimental effect upon home security by bringing an unsecured <laughs> shotgun into the home. What do you care? What do you it's care just, about it? This is kind of annoying. Uh, a farther reaching problem is it's, it's that I, I believe that she's overly cautious and that that's a symptom, I guess, of a, a larger illness. <laughs> well, we certainly know you're not overly cautious. <laughs> I think I'm compensating. And, and specifically, we've, we've had moments where, uh, you know, we're in the car ready to go. And she forgets that the blinds aren't <laughs> down and, and she has to then come back inside and, and lower them. And, and we'll go we'll be going grocery shopping. So right. it'll be a, a 30 minute uh period where we won't be here yeah janie you think the house jackers who've been casing your place for five weeks don't know what's in there already um exactly i, I mean i'm not sure i don't know and i want to minimize the risk that they do know and um hopefully like our odd you know comings and goings at whatever times will kind of throw them off too you live yeah. in the gr- on the ground floor or do you have both both floors both. we have a house so yeah. it's two stories right. okay so yeah. but it's a row home it's connected on on either side to another, to other homes. Is that right? Do I understand we're, that correctly? We're yeah. actually on an end. So we're an end oh. home. Oh. And then also we are the last row in the neighborhood. So behind us is just um, a bunch of like forestry. So it's very easy, especially from the back for somebody to just open a window, come in and do their thing and get back out um, without anybody really noticing. Unsecured approach. For yes. Criminals, zombies and raccoons. Yes. All of the above. As long as they have opposable thumbs. Jake, if I were to find in your favor, what would you want me to do? Tell Janie to stop doing this thing with the drapes or whatever? Yeah, I, I have a written desire to tell me. It's right. only two sentences, I'll, I'll, but I wrote I'll, it. So I'll I hear it. I'll hear it. Okay. I want Janie to open her heart to open blinds <laughs> and to accept that this small gesture is one small step toward realizing that every second of your life is a 20-sided dice roll. Being too preventive will impede your enjoyment of life. Well, I appreciate yeah. your I appreciate your nerd pandering in there with your twenty <laughs> D roll reference. <laughs> Do you sincerely believe that Janie's preoccupation with closing the blinds is interfering 
with her happiness, either because it is obsessive compulsive in itself or speaks to a larger issue in Janie's life of her not being able to just let go and enjoy having guns lying around the house or whatever it is. Absolutely. Oh, it's, it's both. Give, yeah. me, give me some you, evidence. You should go on vacation with her. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> Janie, where are we going to go? Um, how about Bermuda? All right. Well, what happens okay. on vacation with yeah. her, Jake, now that Janie and I have made a plan? Oh, what, do God. I, what do I have to look forward to that, that impedes her enjoyment of everyday life? I'm, tr- I'm truly open to this line of argument. Okay. Um, I, would, I, would, I would say an overall anxiety in, until, we, in, until we're like, in the hotel room that we booked, yeah. you know, from the day before up to that moment, um, you know, fretting over, over things, right. you know, uh, I'm trying to think of a specific example, but I get anxious about, I'll oh, help you out. No, no, <laughs> oh, I have okay. a good one. <laughs> oh God. Uh, we went on vacation last May, I believe to Portland, Oregon. Right. And there was a period of three days where she had a bad stomach oh, God, from overeating at food carts and yep. convinced herself that she had appendicitis <laughs> to the point where I had to talk her out of going to the hospital in, in Portland. That's not true. I was not at the point of going to the hospital, but I did feel close. like I was dying. <laughs> How did you talk her out of it? <laughs> I don't know that he did. I think I'm I just not, yeah. went to the bathroom. <laughs> Janie, what... Do- are you do you have do you have hypochondria? Uh it depends on the circumstances. I'd I'd say probably sometimes if I'm being honest. All right. You said you had another example of, of ways your anxiety gets in the way of your enjoying stuffing yourself with duck fat fries from a food cart in Oregon <laughs> or whatever. Yes, they had good busubi. Um well mm-hmm. I mean I don't, I don't think what, it, what was it's that? really what was that word? My... What was that word you just dropped? Now I don't care about your <laughs> In her life, what was that? <laughs> what was that knowledge? In Portland, they have such a good array of of, of food carts. They have a very uh, Hawaiian food cart, and they have musubi, which is spam uh, rice sushi. Oh, come and, off in um, Portland! Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty tasty. You have to try I like, it. <laughs> I like spam too, but you know what? It's spam. Unless it's some artisanal spam that they're making. No, it in really Northampton. artisanal. Yeah, I'm probably it's Portland. like. Um, it's like uh, marinated and all this stuff. All right. So, but it's still spam at the end of the day. So right. take that for what it's. She's right. from Guam, so I she, am from she Guam. Loves spam. I do. Oh, cool. Who was? <laughs> I remember who yeah. was from Guam. Who lived on Guam? Was it L. Ron Hubbard? Did he spend some time on Guam in Fishtown? Fishtown. <laughs> I, mean, I can't just. I can't remember things. There. Uh. So, all right. What? But you were going to say what? Say the name of that again. Wasubi. Musubi. M-U-S-U-B-I. All right, I'll remember that. And I'm sorry to everyone who was yelling at their podcast devices because I didn't know what that was. At least, <laughs> at least I, at least I know that the Pittsburgh Pirates play in PNC Park. <laughs> Musubi. All right. So uh, how 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 does how does how does anxiety get in the way of your enjoyment of life? Uh, um, there's just little things I overthink, like, um, did I actually lock the door? Um, did I actually turn off the stove or, um, there's just all these little things that I, I go through like a mental checklist in my head, just, mm-hmm. you know, anxious anxiety yeah. things. John Hodgman style. 
you're, yeah. you're living your pretty life sure, in, a, pretty... in a state of constant panic that something's going to fail. That sounds about right. Yes. And, Always uh, on a flux of um, freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if it weren't for you, it literally would all fall apart. It would. <laughs> yes. The right? world would collapse as we know it today. Give me an. I'm not joking. Give me an example. Oh, no, of how I'm you not either. You took you took charge of something or did or or were, were cautious when Jake wasn't. And if it weren't for you, Jake would have fallen off a cliff or whatever. <laughs> fallen off a cliff. I don't even know. No, thank you. Um, what's what's uh, something aside aside from the obvious? What's a foolhardy thing that Jake does while? He's uh, uh, or a detail that Jake overlooks while he's so-called enjoying life that you take care of for him, like locking the door, paying the bill. I mean, yeah, yeah, sometimes like that. I mean, I just I think I just overall um, have a better sense of uh, uh, of our well-being and how we should approach certain things, whereas he's kind of a let's just go at it and try to do it. Let's throw these, you know, our cautions to the wind and not read any installation manuals and get guns and just store them improperly and everything of that nature. So um, I just think I'm I'm safer than him, I guess. Jake, is Janie holding it all together for you guys? Yes or no? You know what? It, 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 we, we hold each other together. Aww. We compliment each other. How long have you lived together? Ten years. Yes. Wow. So... 10 years, you're 27 years old. <laughs> it, it, we haven't lived together 10 years. He's, he's saying that we've been together for 10 years. You've we've been probably together lived together for, 10 for years. probably. Did you meet in, co- did <laughs> yeah. you meet in college? Um, Senior year yes. of high school. And then we ended up nice. going to the same place. So we continued the relationship. And where did you go to college? Uh, around here. Right. It's, it's, they're gonna, it's a little, it's a little place. They're going to have it's reprisals a, as well. It's actually a for-profit university what was that you afraid they're gonna have reprisals as well as if you mention them? <laughs> i don't want to give it, them advertisement is it the actually, forbes apartment management school happy. of apartment management <laughs> yeah. they offer technical degrees in in um non-leasing well i guess how'd you get from guam yeah. to pittsburgh um i my father was in the navy right. and uh we That's moved around substantially probably almost every year of my life and he has family uh near um, not too near to Pittsburgh, but about two and a half hours away. Jake, have you ever lived on your own without Janie? Yes. yes. Uh, through college, we didn't live together. And where did you live by yourself or did you live with other dudes? It was both because he had periods where he didn't have roommates and then he had periods where there were. All right. And was it, would you say it was utter squalor or did you get, did you, t- did you pay the bills? I, I did all right. I'm still alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's barely saying anything. Did you ever have to go? Did you ever have to go into the electric company office to pay back uh, bills that you never paid? Oh, this is a good example. Yes, it is a good example. Uh, no, but uh, we, I, I, in my teenage naivety. Uh, just stop paying my my internet bill, yeah. thinking that they would cancel it after they I, I missed <laughs> just a stopped payment, paying. <laughs> and then I owed a lot of money. Yeah, and Janie called them and, and I, talked down how much I owed. I no, actually, I yelled at them completely until they they were so exasperated by the fact that I was yelling at them for so long that they just said, "Okay, fine, we'll close and we're good." <laughs> I think I've heard everything I need to in order to make my decision. <laughs> <laughs> I'm of going, course you did. 
I'm going to go backstage at the Rex Theater where I keep my Pittsburgh, uh, my Pittsburgh-based chambers, and eat some French fry sandwiches. I'll make my decision in a moment. Please rise okay. as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Jake and Janie, I don't know. The judge left in a huff. I think he's made his decision before he even has to go think about it. But Jake, I want, have you ever been a victim of crime? No. Have you ever been a victim of crime, Janie? Um, I kind of inadvertently when I was, um, in the Philippines, our, uh, house was robbed, but I was on the second floor and only the first floor was robbed. But I'm trying to find the psychology behind all this, why Janie is more worried about it. But then what doesn't make sense to me is Jake not worried about it, angered by the fact that she wants to draw the drapes just so people won't look (laughs) into their house, but knee jerk reaction gets his dad to go get a gun for him. Is that is that a registered firearm under your name or or do, oh, would you rather plead the know. Fifth Amendment seeing as they were in a courtroom? Oh, God. I'm, I'm going to plead the fifth on that. I don't think you need a permit for a shotgun because it's uh, it's for hunting. Huh. I'm not but sure I, about I the laws in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. <laughs> That's what my dad But <laughs> if your dad said it, it must be true. Um, Jake, my other question is, what if she had appendicitis? When she was yeah, very sick in Portland, I, my son's r- appendix just ruptured earlier this year, and it's a harrowing oh process. I'll, I'll tell you what I'm I did, actually. It's a very scientific approach. I pressed on her stomach, and I had her jump. That's it. That's <laughs> what we did, fine. too. And my- Hello, I'm your Judge John Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is brought to you every week by you, our members, of course. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts at MaximumFun.org. And they are all your favorites. If you want to join the many member supporters of this podcast and this network, boy, oh boy, that would be fantastic. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024, 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. 
That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. My son it didn't hurt either way, and he still had appendicitis, and it's still ruptured. I'm glad I went to the bathroom in that matter of time then. That's always something to do when you feel a little bit sick to make sure. It's like the, uh, you know, yeah. Reboot your computer you before you check. call IT. Yeah, and exactly. We'll be back in just a moment with Judge John Hodgman's decision. Um, Janie, I just can't help to say that we I mean we've gone through this whole process about talking about a gun and have not brought up the Aerosmith song. Janie's got a gun. Janie's got a gun. <laughs> of course. That's of all course. I have to say. Can about I come that. back? I can I come back that, now? That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> can I come back? <laughs> Please rise okay. as. Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. <sighs> now I'm going to have that Aerosmith song stuck in my head for the rest of the day. I know. I know. I had to get back in here before guest bailiff Monty Belmonte turned this into Judge John Hodgman karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, we're all going to start singing along. No way. You guys may be seated. Thank okay. you. Thank you, guest bailiff Monty Belmonte, as always. My pleasure. Monty Belmonte hosts the morning show here at WRSI, The River in Northampton, Massachusetts, 93.9 on your frequency modulation That's dial. right. And on, online at WRSI.com. Yes, because we're a, a commercial radio station. It's that's just so awesome you think we're a, a public station. Yeah, exactly. It's a commercial. It's a for-profit radio station like Janie and Jake's Weird College that they won't name. Right. I don't know what, <laughs> it's actually owned by the Forbes company then. I don't know what's yeah. going on <laughs> <laughs> and oh god so you guys are adorable adorable creatures of pittsburgh Aww, thanks. yeah you're what makes pittsburgh so livable nice people like you i find it equally Thank adorable you. that you went to portland for your for your vacation like, it's our sister i guess <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes yeah cities cities that are doing okay tour yeah 2014 or whatever they have a lot of good food there in Portland. Boy, oh boy. They do. Uh, Jake, uh, it's fun how you guys wanted to take over my podcast just to have a good time with each other when your fight is meaningless. <laughs> that said, I'm glad, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you're here in the courtroom because, Jake, I feel you a little bit when you started to make that argument about Janie and enjoying life and and letting things go a little bit more rather than riding herd on these little details because truly that is a, a, something that I struggle with in my in my life double checking the locks all the time not not counting 
to 35 or whatever every time. It's not <laughs> right. It's not a compulsion, but it is a, um, a preoccupation, I would say. Making sure that the oven is off before you leave the house, making sure the blinds are down so no one steals your snake plant or whatever. And, and yet I don't, I don't feel off of Janie any sort of true OCD stuff that is really getting in the way of her enjoying life. I do appreciate from a dumb husbandly point of view why you might come into, and by dumb, I mean, you know, dumb. You're not, <laughs> you're not a husband, but you're, you guys have been together since, you know, you're 10 years old or whatever. No, 10 years, four, 10 years. <laughs> Practically the same yeah, thing. Yeah, that seems right. <laughs> yeah. You've grown up, you've grown up together and you're, you, you are de facto husbandly in, in, in your almost Lockhornian, I wish you would stop with that dumb girl stuff of closing the window drapes. It makes no sense. <laughs> it makes no sense. They know what's in there. Come on. <laughs> we got to drive. That's not a Pittsburgh accent. I was going to say, is that a Pittsburgh no, accent? No, 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 no. Pittsburgh accent is no, one of the strangest. No, you got to say like downtown and all that kind of stuff. And, and yins. Yeah, yins is the craziest. That means yours, right? Yes. Yins. Right. Wow. Um, I didn't know. I love that. You all, isn't it? Isn't it you yeah, all? It's, it's, it's like a you all. all. Yeah. yeah. Yins, yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's one of the, I thought I had, I thought I had heard them all. From the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania and the state of Maryland, in terms of un, and the, you know, my mom was from Philadelphia, and I could never. And I grew up with my aunts all doing, not, not doing, speaking in a Philadelphia accent. I could <laughs> never, I could never imitate it. And and Pittsburghian is even more counterintuitive. The words they say, you don't understand how they make the mouth shapes to make those words. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I was just doing my dumb husbandly voice. Stop with the dumb lady thing you do. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I feel you to some degree because I will confess that there have been times in my own marriage where a habit that seems um, uh, irrational to me um, annoys me so much that I want to call up a podcast and yell about it, as I'm sure my <laughs> wife is. Felt the same with my own irrational habits, such as checking to make sure that the house is not on fire or whatever. <laughs> that said, the brio, the 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 giant French fry sandwiches on you, sir, to walk into my courtroom and say, "I wish you would quit it with the dumb lady stuff." When you were dumb and doing the most dumb. Guy stuff that I've ever heard in my life. I'm going to get a gun. One yeah. thing you don't look, I am not an owner of a gun and guns have come up on the show quite a bit. And um, uh, I, uh, I see no reason why a law abiding person um, should not keep a gun if, uh, if they do so within the limits of the law and they do so responsibly uh, for Sport shooting, target shooting, hunting, even self-defense. Keeping a gun in the home, you should know, statistically increases, even when it's properly stored, statistically increases the chances of someone getting uh, killed by that gun in your home and often self-inflicted death 
I have brought this up. I have brought this up before. Yeah. Why you're encouraging Jake to kill himself. <laughs> no, I was definitely against him getting the gun and I was very adamant about it, but he did his dumb guy stuff and went ahead and got it anyway. Right. This should have been our podcast argument. You should have brought. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. He was just trying. Yeah. He didn't want, he didn't want to get a gun. He wanted to get your goat. <laughs> and goat got, got in that one. Both yeah. of Yin's goats got, got. <laughs> yes. Yes, t-shirt. That's did. a t-shirt for this week. Both, Both the yin's goats got got. I got, love that. Got. That's great. Write <laughs> it down, someone. Uh, what you're what you've done with regard to that gun is uh, not okay. I mean, it's just not. You should not ever be in a position where you are saying about a firearm that you own. And I could be wrong. It could be legal <laughs> for me to own it, but I could be wrong. It could be this kind of gun, but I could be wrong. <laughs> You either give that gun straight back to your dad, because I bet your dad would be mad if he heard about this. Maybe not. Maybe your dad's <laughs> no, crazy too. But I'm telling. Yeah, he's a no. He's not. Mad. He would be he's mad. Got a he's got a cabinet. He's got a cabinet. He's got a cabinet. If you want <laughs> yes. to be, if you want to be a gun owner, and you know, it sounds like there's some some gun scuffles. You could make an argument. I don't think it's necessary at all for you to have a firearm in your home in Pittsburgh. I think you can secure that house up pretty darn good. But if you want to own a gun, it is your constitutional right to do so. But I am telling you, don't come on my podcast without knowing what kind of gun you have, what kind of ammunition it takes, having it stored properly, uh, knowing everything there is to know about whether or not it's even legal for you to have everything, everything. <laughs> you need to know everything about that gun cold and you have to go out and practice in a controlled environment like a range or out in the woods with your dad for, you know, and get training on that thing. I don't like that. I don't like having that gun in there unless it's filled with cement and it becomes a toy. So that is order number one. Order number okay. two. Janie, life is yes. a 20-sided die roll. <laughs> and I like, I kind of like the metaphor too, because it's sort of like, you know, it truly is like you can prepare for uh, w- one to to twelve, but there's still eight possibilities on that twenty sided <laughs> die that you couldn't even think were going to come up. I think I think Jake is a good dude because he came up with that metaphor and he wants you to enjoy your life. But uh, I don't think you got a problem, and I certainly don't think there's any problem with you closing the drapes. All it's going to do is kill your plants. Until until that gun gets properly secured, you do whatever you want with the drapes. This is just a little incentive for you, Jake, to do the right and legal thing. Get training on that gun, learn about it, get it secured, or send it away. The minute you have done that to this court's satisfaction, I will order Janie to not touch the drapes for a year. A year? Okay. Yeah. All right. That way you get to be that way you get to be the dumb husband. <laughs> My wife, my wife we can can't play touch, our respective roles. She can't touch the she can't touch the blinds. I got a guy to tell her to do it. <laughs> uh, and uh, and but in the meantime, I think that um, what you should be doing the dumb guy stuff that either one of you could easily do and should do is put it's fix the locks on the on the windows. You guys, I think the I think the 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 electric eye and the um, the, the the movement alarms on those windows are great. That's a good thing that you're doing. But you uh, you deserve to have 
uh, peace and uh, and sense of security in your home. If uh, if Forbes Management Company won't provide that for you, uh, you should fix those locks on those windows and uh, and send them the bill. And if they give you any trouble, don't don't ask me to call them, Janie. You, <laughs> you're good at yelling at companies. I'll take care of it. Yeah, thank you. Yes, I'll take care of it. I find in favor of Janie with gross prejudice. Vis a vis the blinds, but I and I order Jake to uh, to uh, secure that gun and receive training on it or get rid of it. At which point, Janie is not allowed to touch the blinds for a year. Did I say a year? Really, a year. Uh, it's a year. Yeah, it's wow. a year. You did. You yeah, said yeah. a year. Unless you move, then all bets are off. <laughs> if you move apartments, then you can touch whatever you need to touch. <laughs> okay. And, if, and especially if you get married, you can touch whatever you need to touch. Then this is the sound of a gavel. Judge John Hodgman rules that is all. Jake and Janie. I don't think it was any surprise on how the judge was going to rule when he left the courtroom originally. Jake, what are your thoughts about his ruling? You think you're going to get rid of that gun? Are you going to send it back to dad? Are you going to register it properly? Or are you going to fill it with concrete? I think, yeah, I'll, I'll learn how to use it. I'll talk to my dad about whether or not I, I currently legally own it. And uh, I'll take care of it. A well-regulated militia. I believe it's what the con <laughs> you are going to get all well regulated. Yeah, I'll get well regulated. Janie, um, do you really feel safer with the curtains drawn? Is it like being if in bed I and like, I need to sleep with a blanket on me no matter how hot it is, because I feel that there is some sort of layer of protection from whatever <laughs> evils of the world may be lurking in my bedroom at night. That little sheet will protect me from an ax murderer or a boogeyman. <laughs> is that all that it is? <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty. It's a superficial sense of security. Yes, I admit that. Well, as long as you feel safe, maybe you will yes. act safe and then you'll go on and have a better life like Jake uh, ultimately wants for you. You will live without fear. Yeah. And thanks to this ruling, I mean, I don't really have to abide by that. So I can just touch the blind. Touching the drapes as much as you buy extra drapes. <laughs> Get those night blindness ones that like can block out the sun completely. I'll get like five of them and stack them. Or get drapes that look like uh, you have an abandoned apartment in there. <laughs> so that uh, nobody will want to break in. encourage people to move in. Yeah, then they might try to squat. So maybe don't do that. Yeah. So no, that's not good. <laughs> well, thank you both for being on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Thank, thank you. you. It was our pleasure. That was great. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. 
Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Time to clear the docket, Judge John Hodgman. I'm ready. Matt writes, my dispute is with my friend Randy, who has had a fractured tooth for well over a year. I find in favor of Randy. No, go on. His tooth is now infected. He constantly complains of tooth pain and overuses pain relief pills and Aura Gel. He protests that he can handle the pain. He'll only listen to you, his idol. Will you please order that he seek treatment? I do so order because a tooth infection can be very dangerous and can lead to uh, uh, far worse conditions uh, and even death. It's like uh, appendicitis. You don't want to joke around with no, it. No, don't joke around. Uh, they, uh, they, there are all kinds of new, weird new linkages based on this um, uh, article I read on HowStuffWorks.com, mm. home of Josh and Chuck, Stuff You Should Know, another good podcast, friend of the show, saying that for some time, quote, this is my quote, scientists have been seeing a statistical correlation between poor oral health and heart disease. Also, other statistical links, including associations between poor oral health and stroke, rheumatoid arthritis, some cancers, diabetes, respiratory infections, and pregnancy problems, according to the American Academy of Periodontology. Bacteria in the mouth can invade the body. Finding the link between oral hygiene and cardiovascular problems is right at the top of the list because people with periodontal disease, gum disease, have twice the risk of developing coronary artery disease, according to perio.org. Again, that's um, stuffworks.com is where I got that information. The truth is, any infection is serious and can become much more serious and generally speaking they're finding more links between oral health and other uh, more serious diseases so uh don't be a tough guy if you got a bad tooth get it fixed if you got a, a region of your abdomen is in intense pain uh go see a doctor about it don't let your boyfriend talk you out of it if you have an if a sense that you might have appendicitis because that could be fatal within hours right yeah What's what should we what what's the what's the message we need to give to the listeners about appendicitis? About or? appendicitis. Well, what they say Since is you learned the hard uh, the way. hard way. Yeah, and with, oh, luckily with, everything worked out fine. Luckily, he was in the hospital for a week. Six year old. They say you know we did the same thing. WebMD. What do you do? How do you know if it's appendicitis or just a regular stomachache? Have them jump up and down. If they can jump up and down, it's probably not appendicitis. Well, six year old could jump up and down. Right. Push in on where it hurts, and if it hurts when it's coming out, when your hand is coming out of where you pushed in then it's probably appendicitis. If it hurts on the way in, it's probably not. Well, it didn't hurt either way, and turned out it was still appendicitis. It turns out six-year-olds have a hard time articulating the nuances of pain. Right. And that's really why his appendix ruptured, because he's a little tough guy, but, you know. And I just say to Randy, well, first of all, you're his idol. You want to be a little more encouraging, a little less harsh, or, do you, or is this tough love? Oh, I'm Randy's idol? That's what it says, yeah, that he will care. only seek... I don't well, care I listen about that. to you, his idol. I don't care about that. Take care of your teeth, dude. It's not the Middle Ages. Drink a lot of whiskey until then. Look, clean it all out. But but question. You seem to be saying that the, the key to appendicitis or the takeaway is you just have no idea. It's better to go get it checked out right away. In the olden days, and what kind of what kind of pain was he complaining about that that led you to even look at the internet? He had, so, he, had he vomited, so I just thought it was a vomiting flu. And right. then he was really lethargic. And then he did say, "I have a, it hurts right here," and he specifically pointed to it. And I said, "Well, that's and where that's your the, appendix that's the are, lower right abdomen, lower right abdomen." Right. 
And so, if you have a pain in that area, just like if you have a if you have chest pain, uh, don't mess around with it. Although I have feel like I have chest pain like every day. Yeah. And if I can't go to the hospital, every, I can't go to the hospital every day. Hang on. Hajimina, you're friend with friends with my six year old whose appendix ruptured earlier. I just want everyone to know, it's summertime, all rules are off. My daughter has entered the studio, and her her name for purposes of privacy is Hajmina. And I, my six year old, will be Bell Mini. Hajmina, you know Bell Mini. I do. His yes. and his appendix ruptured earlier this year. Any advice to, for little kids on how better to articulate their pain so their parents know that it's more than just a regular stomach ache and it could be a potentially fatal Why appendix rupture? Why would she rupture. know? She's not a little kid. But you What's used wrong to be, you, were, you? you were a little I'm kid sorry. a lot so closer to when I was this. a little kid. Uh, I think that they should put it into writing. Write write down their pain. Yes. And then maybe get published. Yes. Definitely. So, I think that's good advice. Why are you making a joke? I'm not. I think it is good advice. All right, good. Shall we continue? Yeah. You you have to weigh in on this. Come come around help, here. You have to stay up, be on the microphone. And he's going to he's going to read something some kind of fight between people and we're going to tell them who's right and who's wrong. <laughs> Shelley writes I come from a loud family and will admit that at times I have trouble controlling the volume of my voice. My dispute is with my husband, Ryan. He will frequently interrupt me to tell me to speak more quietly. Shh, Monty, shh. Or in an effort to be less intrusive, he'll mime a lowering motion with his hands. Either way, I find this rude. I don't want to do damage to Ryan's ears, and I try to keep my voice down. But sometimes I can't help it. Judge, I ask that if Ryan wants me to speak more quietly... He waits until I at least finish a sentence. All right. Hajmina. I know what I think is... I, I think I know who's right and who's wrong. What do you think? Uh, I think that... Ah, I think... I think that you should stop talking so loudly. I don't know. You'll break his ears. You no, think you, that, you think that, that she's... Impossible. You think that You think that Shelly is wrong because she's talking too loudly. And it's okay for Ryan in the middle of a sentence to say... Shh. <laughs> I think that he should uh, uh, reg- register that she's being loud in a more reasonable way, and she should also stop being so loud. Yeah. All right. That's. How would you feel if we were uh, if we were out uh, 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 at a dinner party, or uh, or let's say we're at a dinner party, and you're telling a story about your life, and all of a sudden I go. You're being too loud, little girl. Be quiet. How would you feel? You'd be mad, right? Definitely. Right. Yeah. Don't make people... Don't, don't make, make adults... Don't feel bad. Don't make adults like Shelly or my 12-year-old daughter, who is technically 35 years old inside, feel like children by shushing them in the middle of a sentence. Ryan, it is okay for you to spare Shelly or my daughter's embarrassment of being a loud talker but only if you are not embarrassing her while trying to spare her that embarrassment. Take her aside later and say, I'm sorry, my dear wife. You talk a little bit too loud. It's embarrassing and you smell bad. You can add the comment on smell. That's optional. All people who talk loudly smell bad, by and large. Do you agree or disagree? I agree. Where am I wrong? I think, no, I think that if you're talking, like, there's nothing wrong with... Telling someone they're talking too loudly, you should just, like you said, do it in a less in conspicuous way. In private. Pull them aside and yell at them privately. <laughs> Shut up! Can you believe how loud you are? You're embarrassing me. Now, 
Ajmina, I have one final task for you before we leave. I want you to say, in, in as condemning a voice as you can, Forbes Management Company of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, you should be ashamed of yourself. Forbes Management Company of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, you should be ashamed of yourself. I think we've got an infomercial. Oh, yeah. An attack ad. (laughs) Thank you very much. From the mouths of babes or young adults. Thank you very much. That was a summertime experiment, which I think went very well. I think so, too. She would be a future judge. She's going to be. That kid's kid's got a podcast in her future. Hajmina. Help us all. Oh, my God. Well, thanks to Matt Cadretta for suggesting this week's case name, thanks, da- Matt. Daily Security Beefing, to suggest a name for a future case, like us on Facebook. We regularly put out a call for submissions. I've been your guest bailiff, Monty Belmonte from WRSI 93.9 The River in Northampton, Massachusetts, where I host the morning show. I'm in the program director and do a bunch of other things, including sometimes guest bailiff with Judge John Hodgman. Thanks to Julia Smith, who produces the show, Mark McConville, our editor. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us for the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.